Infirmary Media. In decades, the Matrix and Blade versus Bloodsport and Renegade. Strap on that cap, bust out the power glove. Come fight for what you love. Who coach your popping pins, dropping hand grenades? Van Halen locked in Mortal Kombat with David Gray. Found out ballet in sick. I am made of GNR. Come fight for what you love. Broadcasting from the new Infirmary Media Studios, it's the adult-only retro game show over the 80s and 90s. Do battle because it's your history. We just fight for it. Welcome back to Dueling Decades. Let's take a look at this week's duelers and the decades they will be fighting for in this week's back-to-school battle. First off, the challenger, dueling with 1995. Back once again, it's Brent Hand from the Hysteria 51 podcast. Gentlemen, what is going on? I am undefeated, coming off a, a complete shutout. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. Brent, he goes by Brent the shutout hand now, by the way. I got my tattoo and everything, <laughs> so it's all good. 7-0. Actually, no, you even got a bonus point. Wasn't it like 8-0? Yeah, 8-0, yeah. Eight, zero, that yeah. won't be matched. <laughs> and you just heard his voice. He's the champion dueling tonight with 1984. He's the reigning, defeating. <laughs> defeating. Not yet. <laughs> Wait, is this like WrestleMania? <laughs> it's a screw job. <laughs> he is the dueling decades champion it's man crush that's right i'm back and you know what this might be the first genre base that i've had in a long time because doing the research was quite a bit different than doing a week challenge or doing the monthly stuff so we'll see how this goes tonight but i'm excited let's do this and now as always on our show we need someone to adjudicate all of this awesomeness so introducing a newcomer to our show and a loyal listener, he won a contest during our live trivia night, earning him the right to become a judge for an episode. Ladies and gentlemen, the voice of the people, Judge Eric Lully. Pleasure to be here. I'm uh, really excited. Can't wait to uh, make Nick lose. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Just remember who, uh, who puts all the points on the leaderboard and can also take them <laughs> off. Make Brett lose. And <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the following contest will be held under Dueling Decades rules and will be for the Dueling Decades Championship. A judge's coin flip shall decide who picks first out of the five Dueling Decades categories, movies, television, music, news, and hot products. A judge's ruling will determine who wins each round, allowing the victor to choose the next available category. The first three rounds are worth one point each, with rounds four and five worth two points apiece. And the winning decade shall be decided by the highest overall score after all five rounds. Duelers, you gotta look out for number one. Just don't step in number two, because it's time to play... Dueling Decades. All right, Judge Eric Cluley, let's hand it down to you for the official toss-off. All right, so uh, I was told I needed a coin or something to flip about two minutes ago. So uh, what I was able to find is uh, from the fun ship, Carnival Cruise Lines, a casino chip. On one side, I have a ship, and on the other side is a giant five, because it's a $5 coin. Brent is the challenger. He gets the coin. Oh, I'm calling that $5. All right. It is the $5. Woo! 
All right, Brent Hand, you got control of the board. What category right. would you like first? Uh, let's do TV first. Ooh, yeah. All right, for TV, my first one. My so-called life's last episode airs January 26th of 1995. In the entire year of 95, uh, they actually thought that it was going to be coming back and it was canceled finally on May, not the whole year, May 15th of 95. Uh, the show was praised uh, for its portrayal of adolescence and its commentary on its center character, Angela. It sat in her fictional high school of Liberty High School in the suburbs of Pennsylvania, Pittsburgh, and follows the emotional travels of several teenagers in social circles of of the Angela's main character and how they live their life in high school. Claire Danes, who went on to play in uh, Romeo and Juliet because of that role. That's right. What a like chick show, though. Like everyone yeah. was so emo in that show. I just could not <laughs> ever watch it. I remember in high school, people like the girls and everything just loved it. And I, I don't know that I've ever watched an episode. <laughs> I have never seen <laughs> Way that to show. sell a pick, Brent. <laughs> yeah. You know, but hey, hey. It's I've a, heard of it. My so-called life. And then, all right, number two, we got um, every person in high school had to celebrate this. The History Channel is launched on January 1st of 1995. And it actually originally didn't just show Pod Stars and Axemen and alien, ancient aliens and UFO hunters and stuff. It broadcast documentary programs and historical series, both fiction and nonfiction. And uh, it switched eventually but originally it was set up and uh you could use it for helping with things that you're doing in school and things like that and then it just kind of jumped the shark and now we're in the aliens and you know alaskan bush people on the moon and whatever they show on there and vikings you know history stuff history history (laughs) you know what's amazing about that remember uh remember the movie singles there's a scene where the guys are high sitting on the couch it's the guys from pearl jam it's uh Jeff Ament and Eddie Vedder, they're sitting on the couch and they're watching a documentary about bees and their way yeah. into it. That's what I picture of early days uh, History Channel. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, like I remember <laughs> I remember when it came out in school watching those documentaries, how cheap my high school was. They would just literally tape them on VHS and come in and like, well, we're talking about the Civil War. This was on History Channel. It's the Gettysburg Address. So that's probably when the teacher was hung over. He <laughs> just watched that and sit there. And it was perfect. Now, I, I don't think they can do that as much, but it was pretty cool then. I guess it's cooler now, but hey. You know, yeah, I mean, it's more watchable now, like for the, the casual viewer or like right. ancient aliens. You don't even have to be into like your hysteria 51 stuff. No. It's just entertaining yep. altogether. Yep. And, and it's not the History Channel anymore. It's just history. And others, H2. You know, and spinoffs and everything. Well, you just wait. In another uh, 20 years, is going to be like MTV, and they're going to show nothing yeah. but reality television. History 8, the Ocho. <laughs> and then we're, we're going to be like, do you remember when History Channel used to be about history? Yeah. <laughs> Go yeah. figure. History repeats itself. All right, Man Crush, over to you. What are your first offerings for the television round? All right. First, let me premise this by saying thank you to you guys for uh, for bearing with me, because... We had a uh, fantasy draft snafu, and I'm actually drafting while I'm playing this game. But I'm on my last pick here in a second. Here it is. I'm up. Last pick. I'm picking fucking Ravens head coach. I don't even give a shit. Whatever. Fucking it's done. All right. 
back to my real picks. Here it is. <laughs> March 15th, 1984. Uh, this originates from the fifth rated show of that year where it actually it tied the A team at the fifth rated show for the year. I think it had like a 22 point something uh, share. Uh, the show's lasted seven seasons and it created some epic stars. And by that, I mean the one and only Burt Gummer was on this show. Uh, <laughs> but let me give you a uh, synopsis of the episode. You'll know where I'm going. Uh, this is about the episode that I'm talking about. Alex is stunned. No. When his girlfriend is named the valedictorian instead of him. He thinks the man should be the superior in the relationship and his attitude threatens to break them up. Then Alex's father, Bert Gummer, explains that love is not about competition. And uh, that's exactly what it sounds like because it's an episode of Family Ties where we tackle a very serious topic high school relationships and without this primer into the adolescent romanticism what would we do uh definitely a prerequisite to any back to school playlist you need every bit of life advice you can get from Bert Gummer Bert Gummer who was tapping that hot uh Reba McIntyre action <laughs> for years <laughs> oh no yeah it was his wife in the first uh, uh tremors yeah Yep. And of course, we're talking about uh, Michael Gross, who actually went on to bigger and better things like Cool as Ice. (laughs) (laughs) Once you drop the zero and get with the hero. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to go across the street and sling a schlong. (laughs) (laughs) You go ahead and go do that. (laughs) Uh, Okay, on to my second pick. I'm about to get a cramp in my side, so let's see how this goes. Uh, March 7th, 1984. You know what? If this series doesn't make you think of back to school, you probably grew up without a television set. And actually, it's possible that even some of these movies you saw in school, uh, and that's none other than ABC's After School Special. Uh, I bet you that brings back some memories just hearing that. But that said, this stuff was... The the things that they tackled in this in 1984 were just so topical of the times. Like, because when I grew up in the 90s, I was used to them doing shows like Underage Pregnancy, uh, Tommy Smokes Crack. Uh, But that was in the 90s. In 1984, we get this epic episode about dyslexia. We get, (laughs) here we go. So we get uh, the two brothers. We get Bobby and Brian Ellsworth. And it turns out that everyone thinks Brian is an idiot, like Chris Jericho would say. However, it turns out that he's just dyslexic so like any other after school special of course there's only one adult in this entire show who cares enough to get him help because everyone else just ignores the fact that this kid is like mildly uh like out there i don't i can't say the r word anymore so i won't say that uh but he's (laughs) slow or whatever's wrong with him but pretty much the story that abc likes to push forward that most adults are shitty if you watch any Back to school special. That's like pretty much the overarching theme to all those shows. Uh, But that's not it. This is where it gets real good. And here's the kicker. This is actually the first starring role for the gents that played Brian and Bobby Ellsworth. And those two are better known as real life brothers, Joaquin and River Phoenix. And I'm pretty sure we know how those fellas turned out. So uh, that's my second pick. Went with uh, some family ties, Burt Gummer action, and then uh, follow that up with the riddle of dyslexia from the after school special, 
which starred the Rivers Brothers. Oh, actually, you know, like Yokin, he actually used to go by Leaf back then. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He should have just stayed name. that way. That way, uh, Shawbag can actually pronounce his name. <laughs> well, his his name, his actual name was uh, Joaquin. Yeah. He changed his name to Leaf because he was the only one of his uh, family members whose name wasn't named after a part of nature. <laughs> so he, he changed his name to Leaf because he had so much fun raking leaves with his father in the front lawn. Oh, see, I thought it was wow. the opposite. I thought no, he, his real wow. name was Joaquim, and he changed it back when he turned 15. To grass, because he mm-hmm. liked smoking weed <laughs> with his dad <laughs> while they were raking leaves outside. It's so funny, because uh, when I was, my son was napping for an hour today, I, I actually watched a video on YouTube about him, and that's where I literally learned all that today. Nice. <laughs> you don't just study him in your, your pastime uh, normally? <laughs> right? No, no, because it said... Uh, the article was uh, he finally reveals what happened to his lip, and it was a whole documentary on like his name. And at the very end, he was like, "It happened in utero." <laughs> oh, jeez! Oh. <laughs> I was like, "What a waste of time!" But apparently oh yeah, it's not. always been like that. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> but also super topical with the Joker coming out. And yeah. for the record, <laughs> I know what his name is. It's a inside joke. The uh, the Yokeen thing, and, and Mark yeah. might be oh. the only one oh that, that got it. <laughs> Yeah, we had we had somebody on one of the episodes of the show and just kept pronouncing his name. Uh, how did he? How, I thought it was, was Yokeen, wasn't it? Yokeen. Yokeen. We let him say it once, and we're like, "Oh, okay, he just mispronounced his name." And then he did it two, three, four, five times in a row. And we had and no like, idea who he was talking about. We had to stop him. Like, who are you talking about? Yokeen, grab me a beer. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and not to mention the super topical thing, after school special, the namesake of one of the tag teams here on our show. Ah. The after school specials. So all right, Judge Eric Cluley, let's hand it over to you for the ruling for the very first one point round. All right, so uh Nick, the uh, Family Ties episode. Was there was there anything special about that at all other than that it's, it was just uh, a, it was just family a- ties. Yeah, man, it's it's relationship shit. Like, man, if you don't watch this beforehand, <laughs> uh, okay, stop. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we got the end of uh, a show that, while none of us ever watched it, apparently, uh, was a very popular show back in '95, the so-called Life, and the launch of the History Channel, which you know has no legs. That's that thing was just a fad. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, versus a random episode of Family Ties and uh, the first outing of the uh, Phoenix Brothers. And dyslexia. And dyslexia. And dyslexia. Because without this episode, they would still think that them be lazy motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, I'm going to have to go 95 on this. Woo-woo. All Fan of my The undefeated streak continues. <laughs> <laughs> Brent hands on the board first with one point and control of the board. What category would you like to go to next? Uh, let's go to hot products. Oh, my favorite. All right. The number one, my first pick. Originally introduced in 1995 by Intel and adopted by schools and everyone the USB, the USB port is considered the most successful interconnect device ever and has played a vital role in how we access, store, and transfer data as well as power devices and connect peripherals 
such as controllers and mice. And the rest is history. So that is the first time when it was ever used and let people get rid of uh, those giant like serial bus cables and stuff that they had they used to use. And I looked and it said that in 95, when they started putting them into computers, um, schools jumped in because they got, were less likely to become damaged. But they only did like 12, like, I forget, it was like micro bits a second. And now we do like five megabits a second. So it was like super, super, super slow. But it did change everything. The USB, Man. which now there's like 9,000 of them, you know, the USB 1, 2, and 3, and USB-C, and, and everything. Hardly worth a mention. <laughs> and then, uh, <laughs> and then uh, for my next one, what does every school kid need when they're going back to school? Less pimples. Proactive is a brand of skincare products developed by two American dermatologists, launched in 95 by Guthy Ranker, a California-based direct marketing company focused at school kids to help them get rid of their pimples. And that was their huge marketing campaign. And if you guys remember, they had tons of commercials with school-age kids on there. And then they eventually, after that, went to like celebrities and things like that. But kids with pimples was their bread and butter. Proactive. The grossest kids with pimples. They found them and put it's them on TV. It's pronounced dyslexia. <laughs> now Proactive is sold in vending machines in malls. Literally, I've seen that. Yeah. Yeah, that's nuts. You used to, you had no, to cream. You know, sit there and watch Jessica Simpson trying to hawk it and shit. You know? Yeah. <laughs> she tried to fuck it? <laughs> hawk it, like sell it. <laughs> what is this cream for? Either either way, man, I'm going to watch it. Right. <laughs> I'm in. I'm in. That actually was also tied with A-Team in the ratings. <laughs> Not 1984. <laughs> That's true. So, yep, th those are my two. Good picks. Even though, like, you probably have the most boring back-to-school role, the USB, <laughs> and fucking proactive. So the kids that used the USBs in 1995 also they used the proactive. It. So that really tied together right there. Uh, <laughs> I was Boy, using the USB. Genius. <laughs> Not the proactive. But uh, I went for more fun back to school feeling with my hot products. And uh, I started out with sneakers. And surprisingly, they were a shitload of really epic sneakers that came out in 1984. There's probably nothing higher on the food chain for back to school than sneakers. You show up to school on your first day with a busted pair of kicks and you're never going to live it down. If you want to show up for your busted face, <laughs> they didn't care about that in the 80s. Everyone had a busted face. That is true. You just hit it with your mullet. <laughs> <laughs> but if you showed up to school with a pair of pro champs, you were named pro champs for the next four years of high school. Motherfuckers are cruel, man. So you need to plan accordingly and get yourself a great pair of sneakers. Luckily for 1984, there's a plethora to choose from. Let me just, I'm just going to throw these out. I picked one out of this list, but I think there's some epic ones in here that we'll probably never mention ever again, so it's worth it. Uh, we had the Adidas Pro Shell, the Adidas Lendl Competition, Converse Fast Break, Nike Challenge Court, Reebok Club Fashion, Adidas ZX800. And I'm sure if you look these up, you'd know them by seeing them. Uh, Nike Airship, Adidas Micropacer, Nike Mac Attack, the Adidas LA Trainers, the Fila T1s, the Adidas ZX500s, 
the New Balance 1300s, the Adidas Forums, and then the ones I chose because they are fucking epic. So epic that they made cameos in Terminator and the Goonies. The pair of sneakers I'm rocking on the first day of school in 1984, the Nike Vandals. Uh, one in the same as the shoes worn by Kyle Reese from Terminator, Brand Walsh from Goonies. Shit, probably fucking Brandon Walsh was probably wearing these motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah, everyone was wearing these fucking things. And they basically, they were like, they looked like Air Force Ones, but on the very top, it had a Velcro strap that went around the ankle. Right. Uh, if I dropped you guys a picture, you'd, you'd be like, oh shit. And in Terminator and in Goonies, they had, like, there were scenes like um, in Terminator, for instance, you see him pick the sneakers up. And then you also see him like step out of the truck with them, and it's a shot below the truck of the shoes. So they had, they're just starting like those in advertisement in the movies, pretty fucking sneaky, uh, which they do all the fucking time now. But uh, timeless design. So my first pick, we got, of course, the Nike Vandals. And then secondly, does anyone know off the top of their head what Aladdin Industries is? They sell magic carpets. No. <laughs> they make lamps. Uh, no. I, I didn't think anybody would know. But do you remember who the characters on your first lunchbox were? Optimus. All right. I have it downstairs. I, I can't remember my first lunchbox. Might have been He-Man. Do you remember yours, Brent? No, I never really had one of those character lunchboxes until I was older. Just for fun. <laughs> until last year. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to date myself. My sister had one, though. Remember hers? It was the Hair Bear Bunch. That's from the 70s. Oh, Remember them? God, wow. Yeah. 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 Oh, fucking throwback. But everyone had to have a fly lunchbox to go to the uh, the first day of school. Well, those Aladdin lunchboxes, and in, that's what they made, by the way. Aladdin made lunchboxes in 1984. Kids were buying these Aladdin lunchboxes in droves, and- why switch from their metal lunchbox to a plastic lunchbox? That's because, and I'm sure Eric Lully will know this, on seven, <laughs> September 17th, 1984, they were about to experience the cartoon that was being hyped up around the United States all summer long. And I shit you not, when I was going through the papers, I found a bunch of articles from papers that summer just pimping the shit out of more than meets the eye. Robots in disguise. And I'm sure this is the Optimus lunchbox that you're talking about. It's a red Optimus plastic lunchbox. First Transformers lunchbox came out in 1984 that was made by Aladdin. It doesn't get any more back to school than having a Transformers lunchbox. And I, I'm just like Eric, I think I need to pick one up for myself. I found a couple on eBay. Got my eye on yeah. it. I don't have a Transformers one, but I found a Dick Tracy one. And actually, for up until last year, my son used that for school for two or three years. And those lunchboxes are great. If you go to the store and buy a current lunchbox, they're they're not deep. They're very narrow. So good luck trying to fit like Tupperware or anything in there. But you pull out one of those old school Aladdin ones and they're nice and deep. You can fit a lot of things in them. That's because back in the day we had they gave us real estate for our cubbies. Yeah. Uh, Nowadays, they don't give kids shit for like. No. You get well, like a you, little five by five space. Yeah, the, yeah, they fit your full thermos in there and all that. Yeah. When yeah. they when they made space balls, the Star Wars <laughs> told them that they could not make anything as far as merchandise. And in that scene where they have you know 
Spaceballs the you know the flamethrower and Spaceballs all <laughs> they had Spaceballs the lunchbox and it was the Transformers lunchbox and they just wrote Spaceballs on it. Most of that stuff <laughs> they great. just wrote Spaceballs on it and just put it in there and no one even picked up on it. That's hilarious. I'm gonna have to go back and watch that now. <laughs> yeah, I never picked up on that. <laughs> yeah. All right, Judge Eric Louie, let's go down to you for the ruling for the second round. Oddly enough, I just lost lead from my pencil. Uh oh. <laughs> Hate when that happens, man. Sorry. Now you're gonna have to get up and go to the pencil sharpener. All right. I mean, the lunchbox tie-in, Nick doing it to Transformers. That's that's totally just trying to buy my vote there. What? What do you mean? That's fucking. <laughs> that's prime back to school, man. Oh, prime back to school. It huh? is. Oh. <laughs> Glad you caught uh, that. Come on, man. USB port. <laughs> yeah, but it was a shitty USB port. It's like saying the first computer was shitty and, and saying it doesn't mean anything because it was shitty. <laughs> it's still the first computer. <laughs> doesn't mean it was a good computer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, USB's got some legs. <laughs> As does the Transformers lunchbox and the Nike Vandals. Yeah, mean about maybe... 25 other people in the country have one still. No, actually, they just re-released they re-released the Nike Vandals like five times. I do dig those. I just looked them up. I dig those a lot. Those are I cool would fucking, use. I think, i dead serious. I love the Velcro strap across the top. I would buy a pair like tonight, like right that after this That was when episode. high tops were high tops. They didn't, they weren't like what we have now. Yeah, you three know? quarter right. bullshits. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I could picture the exact scene with Kyle Reese putting them on and all that. He checks them on the bottom of his foot first yeah, uh, to yeah. make sure they fit. Yeah, I, I could see the whole scene. And uh, you know what? It's not a USB port. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Brent Hand picks up another round early on. That's two to nothing. All Let's right. go to the third round. I got to tell you, like, my wife would be literally shitting her pants if she knew that I was judging a contest for 80s versus 90s and chose the 90s twice <laughs> in a row. Because uh, she's three years younger than me, so she's always talking about the 90s all the time, and I'm like, fuck the 90s. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I, I mean, I was born in 80, but literally 86 to 89, those are my fondest memories as a kid playing with Transformers and G.I. Joe's and shit. Oh, yeah. But I, one, and, one thing you got to look at, and as a new judge, you're not you're not looking at this. Back to school is the theme. Judge back to school, and that's I'll leave you at that. I don't know how much USB was going. My school had like two computers, bro, in like 1995. I, I, I was actually thinking of that, and uh, when I was thinking, does this qualify as a back to school thing? And all I could picture is uh, sixth grade year sitting in the computer room, and the teachers actually teaching us what computers were and what the internet. This new this new thing, the internet. What the fuck is the internet? <laughs> exactly. What the fuck is the internet? Moviepoopshoot.com. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Let's go to news. Uh, yeah, news. All right. My first one. An unprecedented, unprecedented heat wave strikes the Midwestern United States. Temperatures exceed 104 degrees in the afternoon for five straight days over the entire Midwest, and at least 3,000 people die. 750 of which were in Chicago, Illinois alone. And this was a summertime, but schools were open so that students uh, whose parents couldn't afford AC could come there. So they had somewhere to go along with other residents and the homeless. And this actually, because of all this heat and the amount of usage of the school, it delayed the start of the school year for several districts all throughout Illinois, Chicago, and a ton of the Midwest. 
And like I said, 750 people, many of which were children, died in uh, Chicago alone. 3,000 deaths. Jeez. Yeah. I was detasseling corn, which is like the Satan's asshole of jobs uh, in that heat. (laughs) (laughs) So that was fun so that I could go back to school and, uh, you know, have a money i guess number corn, two corn goes in the asshole comes out clean yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right uh my second note uh this was news of the year the java programming language was developed and it is the most most high schools still teach this it is the most taught computer language science since 95 java java is still extremely relevant to this day it's used by many large companies, and it's still the primary language used to write Android apps for phones, which is roughly 80% of the world's smartphones. All are running on Android. All are using Java. And like I said, since 95, it's been the most uh, taught computer language in schools. It's not the most advanced. It's the most taught. I don't know about that. I think, uh, especially in school, maybe now it's picked up, but back then... Man, it was like COBOL, C++, basic, C++, this. yeah, for a while. Yeah, uh, but it, uh, in, like I said, it's not the, the most, Python now is probably the most uh, used, you know, as far as beneficial, but uh, yeah, Java's the, still the number one top in schools. So says the internet. <laughs> that I found this on. Not in my Funk and Wagnall's new encyclopedia, though. <laughs> All right, man crush, over to you. What do you got, man? All right, so uh, I'm going to start August 24th, 1984. The title of this article is Back to School Sales Add Up to Retail Gains. And uh, so basically I did this story because it's complete opposite of anything that's going on now. And I'm going to throw out some numbers and stores and shit just because it's interesting and it's just crazy when you hear these numbers. So uh, the story goes, nation's major retailers reported sales games from this year's back to school over last year's. And this is where the story becomes really important to me, because take a listen at these stores. Sears, the biggest general retailer in the nation, of course, is 1984, had a sales increase of 8.1%. And that's a total of $1.8 million in back to school shopping. Basically, they are gone these days. Uh, I just read a they story just sh- today. Closed a bunch more. Yeah, yeah, they're closing more stores again. It's fucking nuts. Second on that list, Kmart had a eleven <laughs> percent increase and one point five billion dollars in back to school shopping. Uh, same deal as Sears. Uh, same parent company. Basically, fucking out the door. Blue light special, baby. <laughs> yes. Hey, if you were buying shit at Kmart, you might have had those Pro Champs, but you didn't have the Nike Vandals. <laughs> uh, JC British Knights. Hell yeah, British Knights with the yes. shit. Uh, 8.8% increase. They did uh, $944 million for that back to school in 1984. Uh, considering them, their stock lost 90% of its value in the last three years. Uh, then we go to some smaller ones like Federated Stores. Uh, they were 10% jumped, $622 million in 1984. I didn't even equate these to 2019. Uh, but those are fucking monster figures. Uh, when we're talking about federated stores, you're talking about like Macy's, Bloomingdale's, shit like that, which you don't see anymore, like your regional uh, department Jordan stores. Jordan Marsh. Yeah, Jordan Marsh, shit like that. Uh, then we had Dayton Hudson Core, which is now Target. Uh, 13, 1% jump at $583 million. Uh, Montgomery Ward, 
which is basically only online now, had a 9% increase, $471 million in sales. And finally, and this one's gone too. This this makes me sad. Uh, F.W. Woolworth's company had a 2% increase at the time, $423 million during back to school. And they closed their doors pretty much of all their five and dimes in 1997. So it's just amazing. If you look at all those numbers, how much shopping was going on. That's just back to school figures. That's not even their yearly. Like that's just for a couple months. That's how yeah. much they were doing. It's fucking insane. Yeah, the it, economy it, was booming back then, man. Fucking Reaganomics. Reaganomics. Yeah. <laughs> buy shit and dude. I miss shopping in retail stores. I don't miss the people in the retail stores, but I do miss going there. You know, just getting a hands-on with everything, and that's why that article kind of resonated with me and seeing all those sales figures that it's just that's gone that's people will never have that again man we used to go to the mall and it when you go to like the center courts of the mall back in the day when we were kids there wasn't kiosks and crap everywhere there was just like places to hang out and stuff you know like we had a big water fountain and seating and, and stuff like that and it's funny someone posted at my my local like i'm from springfield illinois like they had like throwback pictures of them all and it was like this huge nostalgia rush of what it used to be and now like if i have to go to a mall i'm like oh my god kill me but i used to love doing it yeah malls are fucking wastelands now man like our local mall had a fucking boat store in it for a while to fill the space where uh, Macy's yeah. used to be. A fucking <laughs> now boat some of them store. are changing into like apartment buildings and doctor offices and, and stuff like that. Like and, uh, multiple crack houses. And yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Glory holes. All right. So my second story, uh, August 27th, 1984. President Reagan announces that the first citizen passenger to fly in space for the United States will be a teacher. Reagan has directed NASA to season the nation's elementary and secondary schools for a teacher to ride with the astronauts on a space shuttle as an observer. And this is a pretty eerie line right here. He stated... When that space shuttle lifts off, all of America will be reminded of the crucial role teachers in education play in the life of our nation. Yikes. Man, what a what a foreboding and terrible thing. Ugh. Ugh. All right. Man. So, uh, of course, this all led to the uh, the January 28th, 1986 explosion of the space shuttle Challenger. 73 seconds after it launched, uh, of course, Krista McAuliffe was the teacher that was chosen for that doomed voyage. And McAuliffe was actually one of 11,000 applicants for the Teacher in Space Project. And she was chosen for that duty on July 19th, 1985. Can you imagine being the runner up to this? Because <sighs> they had to have had a a someone in auxiliary in case something happened training because they always do that. Yeah. Right. And I think they did. Right. I, I think I remember seeing a picture of another lady that they had chosen who might have done the training alongside of her and all that stuff. Right. Or at least up to that point in uh, like maybe late 1985 or, you know, uh, fall of 85 mm-hmm. at least. But she had to like take a year off of teaching and all this stuff to get like acclimated with the shuttle and shit. 73 seconds and the thing exploded fucking crazy. And as we said before, it just... For all of us that went to school in the 80s, we all know that time. We know where we were. I remember that. Ha- yeah, I remember watching it. Well, know, they we were, they forced us all to watch it. It was yeah, like exactly. such a big thing that they made us all. They, I remember them wheeling the TVs. Sit down and, and, yep. 
Crazy. Wow. But those are my two picks. Talk about dueling decades by the numbers for all the fans listening in here. 73 seconds. Shorter than the Mike Tyson fight mentioned last episode of 89 seconds versus McNeely. Good time. The the fucking pizza commercial (laughs) after that fight. (laughs) Oh, actually, before I go there, I did pull another quote. This one uh, is a little bit interesting. This is from the article. It says, Are we supposed to dance on our heads? Asked Howard Carroll, spokesman of the NEA, the nation's largest teachers union. He said, putting a teacher in space is not going to solve the problems of our schools, which Reagan hasn't addressed. The problems need real nation leadership, not symbolism and empty rhetoric, Carroll said. Yikes. So they weren't even for it. And then that happened. Yeah. Because the NEA is strong, man. All right, Judge Cluley, over to you for the ruling. All right, so um, sad to say, but this comes down to uh, the Challenger deaths versus the 3,000 heat stroke deaths. And uh, I think the Challenger is the bigger story here. I mean, every single one of us can remember exactly what was going on, whether you were. I mean, I was in my mom's blue Dodge minivan driving to uh, my elementary school for kindergarten. And I remember every second of that ride listening to the news about that so clearly that, that's the bigger story 95 i was 15 and i don't remember that at all so yeah, this also puts uh the challenger in the three timers club much like the west memphis three who is now in the four timers club this is the third time the challenger explosion has come up on the show for three completely separate instances that's a big uh, deal yeah yeah i mean that's that's one of my earliest memories at all let, let alone a news story or a dueling decades thing. <laughs> but yeah, man, I was, I was uh, five years old. And I, I remember thinking about the Challenger. I can picture that entire blue van exactly perfectly. And, yeah. you know, I, I couldn't tell you anything about that van. And then you say Challenger. I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember the armrest. I remember, you know, the walkthrough up to the front seats where my mom was like, sit down and yelling at me and shit. <laughs> and I bet in your mind it seems massive. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. 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 Um, there's only one other time I can remember that then is uh, when when mom was going around a corner. I thought for some reason somehow I thought we were parked and I opened the door and almost flew out of the fucking car. <laughs> <laughs> and now he wears the seatbelt. So that that and the Challenger. All right. So that makes the game two to one. Support for this back to school episode and for the culmination trivia this week brought to us by Manscaped who is the number one in men's below-the-bell grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. You know what I'm saying, Mark? I do, man. We finally have the proper tools to do the job. I don't know about you guys, but if you've ever tried to groom your nether regions, I guess, with anything less than the right tools, you're going to run into problems. I've done it myself. If you've ever nicked a certain part of your body, that is no fun. Don't use the thing you use to shave your face. Certainly don't use the dog clippers. That's a big no-no. I'll tell you that. But now you got the right tools for the job. We got the stuff right here from Manscaped. They sent us the Lawnmower 2.0. This thing is absolutely amazeballs. Hell yeah. You know what's fucking awesome about the Lawnmower? Is that it's quiet. Yeah, because if you go to work and then you got to go and shave your balls in the <laughs> middle of the day, you don't want the guy in the stall next to you hearing that you're shaving your balls at work. Out of all the stuff that they sent, I think the coolest thing for me is the crop mop. Yes, that's awesome. The crop mop is fantastic. Especially if you go to the gym a lot and you go to work right after you go to the gym 
and you don't get a lot of time to like clean but you take this crop mop and you just dust it down there and there's no smell at all it smells like leather bound books and mahogany all right so a special offer for all of our listeners get 20 percent off and free shipping when you use the code decades at manscaped.com that's 20 percent off with free shipping at manscaped.com use the code decades all right guys let's get on with the show all right two point rounds baby here we go man crush you got control of the board all right let's uh let's lighten things up here and get off the uh, the challenger um there were actually there were a couple different directions i could have went with this pick and i I'm gonna go with movies here. Um, I, I found some really cool like HBO staples in there from 1984. Like, uh, and I'm sure these will never come up again, so I'll bring them up. Uh, like Oxford Blues, for example, with Rob Lowe, or the Canon classic Making the Grade with Judd Nelson. That said, I decided to take the uh, the popular kid route and not pick those. Uh, but I was extremely happy to pick this one. And I'm even happier to give the Mahoning Drive-In another plug here. The timing is perfect with this episode. And why is that, you ask? Well, that's because Mark and I are going to see this movie at the Mahoning Drive-In. And it will be the original 35-millimeter cut. So it's going to be like going to the movies on August 10th, 1984, to see the classic Revenge of the Nerds. And Mark, what are the details for that night in Mahoning, if anybody's in the Pennsylvania area? Yeah, it's the Mahoning Drive-In Theater. It's uh, on Seneca Road in Layton, Pennsylvania. It's going to be September 13th and 14th. They are doing the Teens Gone Wild Weekend, which sounds a lot like my Pornhub search history. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Friday, September 13th, they're going to be showing Up the Creek, Joysticks, and King Frat. And the night we're going to be there, Saturday, September 14th, Revenge of the Nerds, Zapped, and Surf 2. Nice. So you can go and check out all of the films on the original prints up on the big screen. It's going to be a rocking good time. Come hang out with the Dueling Decades dudes. Nerds with its multiple rape scenes. Those crazy teens. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I I, I really wish I could go to that. (laughs) Oh, man, it's going to be fucking awesome. Seeing this stuff, if you've never seen an older movie and it's 35 millimeter cut, I know it sounds like kind of nerdy. But when you see it, it's really like going in a time machine and seeing it the way it was supposed to be shot. Yeah. You know, like if you go to a drive-in now and you try to watch a new movie in the drive-in, it doesn't work because those new movies aren't made for the drive-in. Old movies are made for the drive-in. Yeah, because they made the movies. They knew the limitations of how the movies were being shown and heard. So that was taken into consideration when these movies were being made because a lot of these movies they never thought would be shown anywhere but a drive-in. They weren't, you know, Oscar-caliber movies. Oh, Revenge of the Nerds different. is Oscar-caliber. Well, that <laughs> so one, that's the exception to the rule. Zap. D- Dudley yeah. Dawson, that, can, can you get better than that? <laughs> no, you can't. <laughs> All right, let me finish this one up. So pulling in $41 million worldwide in 1984, that's a little over $100 million in 2019. This movie's an absolute classic. Not much needs to be said here uh, that you don't already know. But something you don't know, in 2006, Lambda 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 became a real fraternity that started at the University of Connecticut. Uh, I looked it up. It's legit. It's not big, but at least they did it. It's uh, it's basically like a spoof of real fraternities, but there's six chapters. Fuck yeah. Lambda Lambda nice. Lambda. So if you're going to go pledge lambs. something, pledge Lambda. The Tri-Lambs. <laughs> Hell yeah, that's the way to go. 
<laughs> if you go on Amazon right now, there's actually a documentary called At the Drive-In. It's about the Mahoning Drive-In. Oh, no shit. Yeah. Really? I'm going to have to go watch that. My brother just sent me a text uh, this morning. You should check that out. The place is fucking cool as shit. It's like literally in the middle of nowhere. You drive down this road and you see like a cornfield. And then all of a sudden there's this giant fucking screen. Yeah. Malachi comes out and greets you. It's great. <laughs> uh, it's he who walks behind the rows. Thanks. Thank oh, you. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> that's that's twice something happened this morning that was topical for this show tonight. Yo, Keen. Give me a beer. All right. Anyhow, let's move on. All right. My second pick. Uh, once again, a juggernaut had to do it June 22nd, 1984. This flick went on to grab $91 million worldwide at the box office. It's a little over $220 million, 2019. And everyone has seen this movie, I would say at least twice, at least twice. Uh, that said, I bet a lot of people don't even realize that it's over two hours long. And I didn't realize this until I watched it with my kid again last year. Uh, you got Martin Cove, Billy Zapka, uh, excuse me, William, uh, Elizabeth Shue, Pat Morita, and of course, Ralph Macchio, the Karate Kid, and the fucking Crane. You're the new kid in town. You'd better watch fucking the Karate Kid. The Karate Kid and maybe No Retreat, No Surrender so that you're prepared on the first day of school because all these assholes are going to be gunning for you. If you want to survive... Follow seven P's, be ready, and watch the Karate Kid. Learn the crane. Solid. Oh, can't go wrong with the Karate Kid, man. Also known as how not to be a pussy. <laughs> <laughs> or how to be a pussy and somehow right. win. Right. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I think I got I, the greatest back-to-school movie ever, in my humble opinion. Sorry to back-to-school with Rodney Dangerfield. But uh, back-to-school. Back to school. Billy Madison debuts in theaters February 10th, 1995. In order to inherit his father's hotel empire, Billy has to go back to school to repeat grades kindergarten through 12th all over again because his father had cheated so that he could graduate. So he literally has to go back to school through all 12 grades and pass them. And know how to spell Rizzuto in cursive. Rizzuto. Are you going to the mall after school? Uh, <laughs> yeah, Billy Madison came out in 1995, and that is one of the greatest quotable movies, too. You know, stop looking at me, Flan. And, and, and um, it's just when, when uh, Adam Sandler was firing on all cylinders. Yeah, it's my favorite Sandler movie, hands down. Hands yeah. Down. Now, the only problem I had with that movie is when he pulls up to the school blasting Ariel Speedwagon in the Trans Am and everyone looks at him. That would have been my guy. I'm running up to him being like, what's up, dude? When he goes to high <laughs> yeah. school, you know? Yeah, because that's the type of guy you could buy weed from. That's why. <laughs> no, I will not make out with you. <laughs> he could buy you beer. Yeah, right? <laughs> All right, and then my number two, another huge... Back to school, the woman goes back to school to become a teacher. Former Marine Luann Johnson, played by Michelle Pfeiffer, lands a gig teaching, gig teaching in a pilot program for bright but underachieving teens and a notorious inner city high school. After having a terrible first day, she decides she must throw decorum to the wind. When Johnson returns to the classroom, she does so armed with a no-nonsense attitude, informed by her military training, blah, 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 dangerous minds, 
August 11th, 1995. Hell of a cast and a hot Michelle Pfeiffer. <laughs> it's no The Substitute. That's what I was going <laughs> to yeah. say, man. That was always my internal debate. <laughs> you got to choose a side, man. It's the dangerous minds of the substitute. <laughs> Is it messed up that as you're like building up to it, I wrote down Gangster's Paradise? the sad thing is with that movie we actually i think this has come up before uh, we discussed it with john the movie itself is a piece of shit yeah but yeah it it had a lot of rewards paradise actually it wasn't it won wait what did it get uh it won a blockbuster award the song won a bunch but the movie didn't (laughs) uh whatever a blockbuster award is but that was the only (laughs) award that it won most rented on a tuesday night (laughs) (laughs) guaranteed in stock yeah that's right (laughs) did you look behind every box i don't want to have to go back there (laughs) (laughs) i missed that it was such a crapshoot right like going to rent something it was like going to gamble because you were like, ah, I don't know what the fuck they're going to have. And yep. you might have left there with uh, like some cannon flick that looked cool on the box and oh, yeah. faces of death. That was my favorite. We the, the we went to the family videos and no matter what, forgetting about the new stuff, they had two for a dollar movies. You can't go wrong with two VHSs for a buck for seven days. And you just pick something. A lot of times, me and my friends, we'd be, you know, having a sleepover everyone's coming over and uh we're trying to pick up something that looks stupid just to have fun and make fun of it yeah that's what we used to do we on a friday night you'd go rent five or six movies and, yeah you know you'd be up until sunday about three o'clock in the afternoon watching right? movies. <laughs> and we've talked about this before too there's that's a problem with vod and all that like netflix and everything else there's no skin in the game so like if right. a movie is not good in the first 10 minutes you could turn it off and find yeah. something else skip sucks you know like we had to watch a movie to find some redeeming quality in that movie that we were like "Eh, that's not so bad after the first 45 minutes because you couldn't do anything garbage pail kids wouldn't have been any good (laughs) (laughs) that's why you got to challenge yourself and still treat it like it's the 80s so if you're going to watch something on netflix pick your movie then get up take your remote control and set it up next to your television and then go sit back down if you want to change the channel, you have to get up to get the remote. You'll stay on the same thing for a while. If you don't have that clicker in your hand, treat it like it's old school, friends. <laughs> All right, let's go over to Judge Eric Cluley for the ruling. This one's pretty clear for the 80s. Uh, basically, it's two to one, in my opinion. Dangerous Minds, the, I mean, I think I saw it. <laughs> <laughs> I heard this song. Uh, Billy Madison, great movie, but uh, compared to Revenge of the Nerds and Karate Kid combined, uh, I don't think it can hold up. So I got to go with uh, 84 for this one. All right, Man Crush takes this round and the lead and control of the board. All right. Well, there's only one thing left to do. (laughs) (laughs) Go to music. Uh, February 18th, 1984. Uh, This song was released as one of two new tracks that were recorded on the band's second compilation album. And actually, the song itself ended up charting as high as number eight on the Billboard Hot 100 in 1984. I'm talking about the song Adult Education by Hall & Oates. Uh, unless you're a Hall & Oates fan who, like, who isn't a Hall & Oates fan? Come on. You might have forgotten this one. However, it carries a great message that I think transcends decades. And uh, here's a quote from Daryl Hall on what the song's about. And this is good. He said, um, One of the big problems with the world is people never grow up. No matter how old they get, 
they stay the same age. And the song is a reminder that there is life after high school. And that's pretty solid advice from a dude that has a fucking lion's mane his entire life. If you can't listen to a dude with a fucking lion's mane, you're probably not going to listen to anyone. Uh, It's one of those things I tell my kid all the time. High school is only four years of your life and it's going to be over quick. Uh, You know, like aside from the education part, much of the other stuff is fluff. For example, how many high school sweethearts do you know that are still together? None. None. Exactly. So that's what this song is all about. (laughs) I actually have friends that got married. They were high school sweethearts, got married. Now, in their early 40s, they're going through an incredibly public divorce on Facebook. (laughs) And it's just tasty as hell every day because I'm still friends with both of them. And I'm just like, wow. This is hilarious. It's rough. So, yeah. Your pain is my pleasure. Yeah. <laughs> There's only one couple from my high school that was together. And just like that, they also got divorced uh, maybe like five years ago in something that was like pretty hairy where he like cheated on her and was on drugs and all this crazy shit. And again, it was all over social media. Fucking nuts. But again, it goes back to that song. Like people don't grow up. And that's what he was trying to point out to people with adult education. Like, you need to get out of that. You need to get into adult education and leave that shit behind. So it was a good message that uh, old Daryl Hall was pushing out there. Word to the wise. All right. Second song, January 9th, 1984. An amazing album was released. Uh, Even at six years old, a young Nick Man Crush owned this very, like, I own my very own copy of this cassette at six. Side B, song one was the last single that was released from this album on October 27th, 1984. One of four singles from that album. Uh, Interestingly enough, this is the last single that the original lineup of this band would ever release together. Uh, So as a young adolescent male, I think this question popped up quite often. For example, remember getting your schedule in the mail towards the end of the summer? There would always be like at least one teacher's name that you had no idea about. And as a teenage boy, we only wanted to know one thing. Is she hot? Mm -hmm. So you'd probably hear something like this on your first day of school. Wait a second, man. What do you think the teacher's going to look like this year? You know where I'm going with this. Got it bad, got it bad, got it bad. I'm hot for teacher. (laughs) Was that a live track? I brought my (laughs) pencil. (laughs) That's right. Van Halen. Hot for teacher. And again, it's it's a big deal. Not only the song, but it's the last original or last uh, single that the original lineup of this band would ever put out. Fucking insane. Who would have thought at that point? Because that was like their sixth album. You know, they were ramping up. They were fucking huge. And David Lee Roth went a different way. Crazy. That's it. Those are my two picks. All right. So I've got uh, you uh, kind of alluded to this earlier, Eric, but same year, 1995, August 8th, Gangster's Paradise is released. (laughs) Uh, Number one biggest selling single of 95, the theme song to Dangerous Minds. And uh, the entire video is is Pfeiffer in her her school with Coolio. And it just it goes over the the entire kind of movie through that. Uh, it receives nomina- nominations for Grammy Award for Record of the Year and the NAACP Image Award for Outstanding Soundtrack Album. Coolio won the Grammy also for Best Rap Solo Performance with his vocals. 
And uh, like I said, the the music video for Gangster Paradise featuring Michelle Pfeiffer and the the whole high school won the MTV Music Award for Best Rap Video and the MTV Music Award for Best Video from a Film. Gangsta's Paradise. It's like you said, you might not remember the movie, but uh, everyone knows that. And not to be confused with Amish Paradise by Weird Al Yankovic. <laughs> I was going to say, is, is it weird that I wrote down Amish Paradise as you were? <laughs> <laughs> Been spending most Can of I my life. Can I just point out something, though? That song, although huge in 1995, how many times have you heard that song in the past, like, 15 years? Well, unfortunately, if you're married to my wife, constantly. So, <laughs> right. yeah. Aside from I am Brent, not. <laughs> I have not heard that song. In Probably like a few more eons. times than uh, adult education. <laughs> Do adult education. In my house. <laughs> yep. And then, all right, all right. Number two. Number two before he begs his way into winning this one. Uh, this high school movie's original motion picture soundtrack is released, including songs like Rolling With My Homies, Kids in America and Supermodel Clueless original motion picture soundtrack is I got my hand up in the air. Clueless. The fact that you started with rolling with the homies, <laughs> rolling with, rolling the homies. with the homies. That's like the big. Yeah. Rolling with the homies. That's the cringiest scene in cinematic history. It's 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 up there. It's it's almost like all the rape scenes in. uh <laughs> <laughs> in uh what the hell death wish movie was, oh yeah we're yeah, yeah, yeah. this is bullshit i want bush pan down yeah <laughs> what the fuck is a frush what the fuck is yeah, wh- <laughs> Give, what did his shirt say give me head till i'm dead yeah head till i'm dead <laughs> sure. so yeah uh clueless which unfortunately um what was a huge and another one of my wife's favorite movies and it is oh so 90s all the because most of it takes place at school or around school and man it is so cringeworthy just the the clothes looking back at it and just the stereotypes but uh it really kind of uh brought in that that decade nicely i guess you could say more of like a parody of school i would say though yeah well they're in california and super rich and she ends up you know dating her her stepbrother so more more (laughs) pornhub stuff there yeah but uh i think every generation has a film like that because they did the one in the 2000s with uh lindsey lohan and so i mean yeah oh what mean girls mean girls Girls, right yeah very similar movie but you know different generation now if you remember though at no point in that one if i remember i did they go rolling with the homies thank god and and thank god you can see my hand here yeah i know straight from the movie (laughs) hand gestures are great on a podcast that's that's lost on the podcast but i did it for you i appreciate it (laughs) so what did i have here i had the high school movie clueless original motion picture soundtrack and gangsters paradise all right that means it's down to you judge eric cluley what's your final ruling on this game all right so the whole notes song i i don't know if i've ever heard it maybe if i Somebody played it just now. I might recognize it. You'd know. The Hold chorus. on. I have a guitar right here. A lot of people might know it because it was in uh, Grand Theft Auto Vice City. They actually yep. had that on the soundtrack for that. So it became popular again just a handful of years ago. All right. Uh, Gangster's Paradise. Obviously, I know from earlier. Uh, great song. Clueless soundtrack. Okay. Uh, I think the winner's got to go to uh, Hot for Teacher. Woo! 
got it made so bad. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just think of, of those four things, uh, Hopper Teacher has the, the most popularity, the most legs. Uh, and it's their last single together. I think that's fucking huge. Like, it might be bigger than the song because that built the whole, like, animosity between the fans where it was like, DLR, Sammy, like, forever, you know? Like, you don't hear Gary Sharon in that fucking mix, but that's all you ever hear is like, oh, DLR is better, Sammy's better, and this is the last time. It was just, it was two different bands. Yeah, totally different bands. the fun party shit ended right there. And that was also in Varsity Blues. Remember the uh, the strip club scene? That's right. So it transcends back to school again in the 90s. Yeah, just... That song alone's got to give it to uh, got to give that round to you. Well, you know what I gotta to, say. To I give it a ten, a ten, <laughs> Motherf- motherfucking ten. <laughs> All right, well, Man Crush successfully defends. Uh, thanks a lot to Eric Cluley for being the judge on this episode. That was fucking close, though. That was like, incredibly close. Every fucking round, like I was like, oh shit, I got this round in the bag, and then he fucking pulls some shit out, and be like. What the fuck was going on in 1995? USB drives. Actually, it, wasn't, it was just USB. It was like the what? the actual connection, right? Because at the time, I don't think they had like the the storage wasn't out just yet. It was uh, no, just the drives, just the the the, the peripheral. Now, uh, what, for transferring uh, of you know data or anything like that, or plugging in devices and right. shit. Exactly. When, exactly. When you said Revenge of the Nerds and Karate Kid, I was like, oh, this one's over already. Then he pulled out Billy Madison. I was like, oh shit, yeah, wait, this could get interesting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, and then unfortunately, Dangerous Minds, you know, wasn't in the same league, you know, as far as what I loved growing up. So, but uh, it, it, that one got close. Man, if you would have had someone a couple years younger than you. They probably would have picked Dangerous Minds. It's funny how that works out, you know. <laughs> Maybe. It is a terrible fucking movie, but it, it is it literally personifies back to school. A teacher goes back, you know, working at a school. All the kids come back to school. You know, it's one of those things. So if you, you had know. the substitute, I would have fucking just like been like, oh, he won. He got it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Best back to school fucking movie ever. The substitute. Motherfucker comes into school, breaks down a, a fucking drug ring run by Mark Anthony, the skinniest motherfucker in the world. I love how they throw what is it, the fucking apple at him and he catches it yeah. from behind and throws it back and hits yeah. him with it. <laughs> yeah. Actually, was it an apple or was it a crushed can? Whatever. Yeah, yeah, something. He fucking uh, whips it back at him. So yeah, awesome. I think it was a can because I remember going, you can't do that. It's too light. <laughs> it's too light. That's not going to do anything. <laughs> oh, God. It's so good. And then he gets all like, the uh, the one gang like on his side. And then he's got like his other like spooks that are in the uh, the thing there. Like all his guys that just came back from uh, like, what were, they, what were they in the, not in the Caribbean. Were they in Central America somewhere? They Nondescript just... uh, bad place where yeah. they were. You know, <laughs> operators at, and he just goes from that to fucking being a substitute teacher. God, I think that's earlier though. What is that? Nine? That might ninety two or ninety three, maybe ninety six. The substitute. Really, it was that late. Yeah. Holy shit! Wow. Yeah. Damn, you you were close. I was I was afraid of that one, and I was like, if he's got it, I'm gonna give it to him because that's like my favorite back to school fucking movie. But you didn't, so you lost. But thanks, man. That was close. <laughs> All right, and on that note, we'll end this episode right here. But if you've missed an episode, don't worry. You can always go back on DuelingDecades.com, and you can subscribe to all of our episodes on iTunes or on CastBox. 
And then you can always head over to facebook.com forward slash Dueling Decades, where you can play our weekly trivia game, where you can climb the Dueling Decades leaderboards like our judge Eric Cluey here. Eric, tell the listeners what they're missing out on by not playing Dueling Decades trivia. It, uh, it's changed my life. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> For the worst. It, <laughs> the, the culminations drive me friggin' insane. The one was a simple answer, and I was coming up with the craziest batshit stuff, sending it to Nick, and he's just like, calm down, dude. It's not that complicated. Uh, <laughs> it's, changed, it's changed his life because previous to this, he was dyslexic and had a hair lip in utero, <laughs> and it just cured all of it. <laughs> Turns out he's not lazy after all. Yeah. <laughs> and and I wanted people to call me Leaf. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Good job, Erike. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I, every day, I, I mean, even I'm, I'm at work yelling at people for being on their phones, and I'm looking right down at mine waiting for the new culmination to start. <laughs> 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 like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm doing the line checks. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm using my calculator again. <laughs> But yeah, head on over to Facebook, join our community there. Lots of stuff going on. Always posting new trivia questions. Every day we have picture trivia. And then once a week, of course, here on our, on our RSS feed, you're going to find the audio trivia questions. All right, duelers. So until next time, we're going to bid you a peace, love, light, and a joy. Have a grateful week, everyone. Infirmary Media.